0: Hello, my name's Gregory Wilker. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Live with Greg. Today is November 17th, 2019, and last night I learned that my podcast had way exceeded the resources I have to keep it alive as a video podcast. So I am actively working to move it to an audio podcast. The video is still available on my website, GregoryWilker.com, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Of Live with Greg. Thanks for your support. So I'm uh, here with my next episode of Live with Greg. I think this will be 21 when it goes live. And, um,. First, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for yours. You're welcome. And uh, to give people a little background, I could say, do you mind if I give beef? Why don't you give a brief bite? Well,
1: let's do it. You give yours, and let me see if it's true. Okay. So, I
0: believe, as a young person, you went into academia, and you got a doctorate, and you were studying some mind-blowing concepts in academia such as quantum physics and physiology it looked like um, aspects of the mind and somehow in your life your path went to mexico and i'm going to mispronounce the the huicho 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 and you were able to apprentice yourself with the shamanistic the with sh- shamanistic practices of his people and real briefly it seemed like there was a woman shaman who at the end of her life passed on
1: Guadalupe.
0: Guadalupe. this is about 10 days before she died.
1: this is one of the books i wrote
0: and she passed on to you a purpose in your life, and you accepted it, and now you're. You also, again, from, uh, helped start the first uh, um, hospice in the United States. First at-home hospice. The first hospice was in the uh,
1: this New Haven, in Connecticut. First at-home hospice. A year or so later was the one that I helped start here we in Canada. Wow. I right. That was
0: maybe, I think, 76, 1976. This hospice by the bay, and food? that's what that's what it grew into. Wow! Wow! That's amazing. All right. And uh, and you work with people who have great trauma in their life to heal, such as drug addiction or other traumatic experiences, and help them find their peace in their life.
1: I try. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
0: <laughs> Same on me. Yeah. yeah. The
1: out- outcomes are in bigger hands, you know, they're in Great the Spirit's hands. What's in our hands is how we show up, whether we show up to do whatever our calling is. Like you do doing these interviews, you're showing up to do your, your, your heart's calling. So that's what I do. The outcomes of anything we do are in bigger hands than ours. So. How did I,
0: how I do with that? <laughs>
1: Oh, I'd say about sixty percent
0: accurate. <laughs>
1: so uh, uh, let's see. We need to clean up what wasn't accurate.
0: My uh,
1: real start in this work was when my um, when I was a little boy, my dad died before my fourth birthday, and so there I was the recipient of trauma, loss, and grief, and. Um, Really, the, the, the teachings of impermanence at a really young age when I couldn't handle it, so it imploded the grief. And I had life-threatening illness as a child, and then when I was um, a teenager, that which had imploded exploded outward, acting out you know, the grief and hurt through anger and violence and street gang behavior on the East Coast and getting in trouble. God's grace, you know, I'm alive and not in jail. Going through what I went through, and what I did, and then When I finally, uh, at 17, I left uh, the East Coast and came out to California to go to junior college. I barely went to or made it through high school, because I didn't care about it, but um, on my own. I wanted to be on my own and study what I was interested in, not what I was being forced to do by adults that didn't care about who I was, they just tried to fit me into a box. So um, uh, I applied myself in junior college and made the Dean's List and the Honor Society and what I wanted to learn about was well, why was I behaving in the ways I was? What was going on there? So that took me into sociology and psychology. So that's what I studied in school. and got different degrees, we leading up to the doctorate. Um, the interest in quantum physics didn't come till I was out of school, because when I was in school, it wasn't even really quantum physics wasn't really happening. So. Um, what I what I enjoy about quantum physics that's so exciting to me is that the uh, and prior to getting involved with the Hu Indians, which was 1981 I'd been involved with indigenous people with other indigenous traditions uh, indigenous elders for uh, since uh, well since the, the late 60s mid 60s so um, I'd already been a student you know, all as, well, as well as Eastern mysticism all of this came out of um, uh, let's see, an LSD experience since, I think, 1966, when it was still legal and was being used by the uh, San Francisco State for my undergraduate work, and there was wonderful research being done, uh, including maternal ill patients, which was interesting to hear. At the time, I was a stone-cold atheist, cynical atheist, political activist, railing against the system and against protests and reacting to protests against Vietnam. And, um, my interest in LSD was, because I was interested in the unconscious, that, hmm, this seems to be a tool that, that opens up the unconscious, so I'm interested in exploring that tool personally. I was very nervous and anxious about it, uh, because, who, God knows, what lurks right. in my what demons might work lurk in my unconscious. So I took about a year to prepare myself, and then with people that I respected who worked with it as a, as a substance, a for it was respectful get high and get out of the or uh, went ahead and had this experience. It totally blew out my fuse box of belief from reality of what I believe in. And that uh, you may be familiar with uh, Rupert Sheldrake's notion of morphogenetic fields. It's uh, energy fields that exist in time and space but invisible with information. And the L S D experience opened me to these three morphogenetic fields of information. Um, One which was an experience of uh, of unconditional love that I didn't know existed in the universe. Another was uh, uh, an interface of being able to, it sounds strange to say it, but using Heinlein's term, Grok Infinity. And... uh, and Within that, being able to see my the conditioning of my ancestral line going all the way back to the end, you know, whatever it was, ten thousand mm-hmm. generations ago, uh, and how that had impacted my conditioning and of reality itself, and all, and I saw underneath that was infinite creativity. It was an open ball game inherent in all human beings of infinite creativity, and that's how we were made. We call God's image before I didn't believe it, but now I saw was an existence of an energy, not a figure, but an infinite energy, the Tao, whatever. And the third uh, information field that was accessed was seeing a vision of uh, ancient uh, uh, peoples living in in uh, Mesoamerica thousands of years ago, and seeing visions of them being born, children growing up, playing in the fields, the people working, uh, making love, having babies growing old, dying, new generation, so I saw this beautifully unfolding, and I could, I could hear this voice saying, and you, you've been here before, you're seeing something that you took part in, and someday you'll return to it, but it's not for you to seek it out, just go on with your life and we'll let you know. So these three fields of information just totally blew out my fuse box, and I um, to, to an understanding of, of reality that I was to learn when I began to study it. What all the mystics say of all the, tr- the traditions around the world is basically the same thing. They describe it in different cultural terms and figures relevant to their society. But the underlying essence is the same, oneness, infinite oneness, of interconnectedness, of, of love, of, of peace, of creativity. Of and so what's exciting to me about quantum physics is As they develop the technology to 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 take physical things smaller and smaller, you know, to the atoms, made of atoms, or neutrons, important, all of those, and just keep peeling away the layers, they get to there's there's nothing there. There there is no thing. It's all energy, in in uh, particular relationships for particular time, that manifest out of this invisible energy field of no thing that does its dance for a particular time in a form and then it dissolves and goes back, merges back into the field, infinite oneness of energy. They call the scientists call that the, the boson field, the cosmic foam or all these different terms they call. But it, it's a scientific language for expressing what I've experienced through through my uh through my LSD experience and then in other ceremonies in which they open up that level of consciousness with the ritual and with other uh, indigenous ceremonies and elders that are stated within the world. So that's how the, how the uh, quantum physics talks about it. gives me a language when I'm speaking to an audience, like last night, or what I'll be doing on the 28th, talking about rites of passage and initiation, modern language. It gives me a language of science to express concepts that, that can be a, more uncomfortable for people when they're coming from a mystical and spiritual language same
0: thing, just different way to describe it. That's yeah, very exciting. Yeah. All right. Boy, that was so loaded. <laughs> I can blow up in a million different ways. Whatever way you want to go. <laughs> well, let me ask you a practical question. Yeah. Because partly while I was sitting here, a fear rose up in me of the technical equipment. Is it really running? Am I doing this right? What if I don't get this captured? Yeah, you want to check it? Yeah. I don't know. Like that's uh, part of part of what I sat with was let it go. You uh, know, okay. like it would be disruptive to interrupt you. Well, all right. it's an opportunity yeah, to check I it. Yeah, oh, God, that's so lame. <laughs> and we're going well. Okay, good. But yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you. yeah, sure, It's good to check those things when they come out. Yeah. But I also, I just finished reading an article about the Ramones. Are you familiar with them? The punk band from oh, yeah. yeah, yeah really good. And one of them had, whatever you call that, where he had to go retrace his steps several times to just get right. it right. Mm-hmm. And so, in that fear that I felt, I recognized the seed of that psychosis. The
1: psychosis of... Of,
0: ha- of what is it, ADD, or whatever it is oh, where you yeah. have to, like, turn the doorknob three oh, times yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and you know you're always worried about the details yeah. because if you get the details right it'll all be okay obsessive yeah, yeah. compulsive yeah. that's, that's it yes yes so there's a reality like if the equipment's not recording that's my purpose in a way yeah. right yeah. but yeah. to let go of one's purpose <laughs> gets really weird really quick yeah, well, you, it seems to me you, you, you took care of business
1: because if it's your purpose is to record and if it, if it comes up the possibility, which is a possibility that the equipment's not working, well, let's stop and deal with that. Let's take care of that and make sure it's done. All right. And then either way, if it's not working, great. You get to fix it. You don't waste anything. Maybe we got to go back and repeat it a little bit. It's no big deal. And if it's working fine, great. We just keep going. So, all good.
0: I gotta say, part of your groundedness allowed it to be not dramatic-traumatic. Your groundedness of, yeah, go check your equipment, whatever, yeah. was very serving to allowing me the space to do that without trauma. Yeah, good. Well,
1: hey, here's <laughs> to us. Hey!
0: Should've brought something <laughs> to do. I really love you talking about your ability to understand infinity, because I realized for me, that the label God is so loaded for so many people, as it was for me. For me, the baseline is if we're both willing to talk about infinity, we're talking about God. Yeah, and it's the same
1: thing, if we're willing to talk about God, we're talking about God. And it even says in one of the holy books in Western tradition, uh, those who love know God.
0: I think we're Yeah. Um, so here's a question that has come up when I knew this was coming. In the concept of unconditional love, is martyrdom still a part of that? Martyrdom? Yes. In other words, if we look at the story of Jesus, and if we just take it as a story, Here's someone who loved the world. In fact, I heard it beautifully described by someone. He took on all the karma of the world. He took everyone's karma, past, future, present, took it all and healed it. And the healing in the story is the crucifixion. The miracle is, of course, that the crucifixion was not the end for him rose from the dead but it is a story of a martyr in my eyes mm-hmm.
1: and so what's your question How so so, you so question? let me okay
0: so um, right now I'm in a situation in my life where um, my marriage is going through a big challenge and most of our marriages do. Ah, oh,
1: God, really? Oh, yeah, I've been married for uh, 49 years now. Wow. And uh, plenty of challenges, yeah. Those challenges don't occur by accident. But go ahead, keep going.
0: So it, it seems like one of my choices is under the guise of unconditional love. I will sacrifice. I will... I know it's going to be painful for me. And it will be a lot of pain. And I will... Let this one possibility happen Out of unconditional love for all like, And so I'm going to Sacrifice my joy For the happiness of others I mean, And stay in marriage if you're not happy or not, what's, what, what? No, so I don't know How many particulars I should give yeah. Because, you know But just that premise I will sacrifice my joy yeah. For the happiness of others mm-hmm. Have you found that To be a real Concept in the path of knowledge and learning to love.
1: Does that make sense? It makes sense. Let me just sit with it for a moment. Mm. I think it'll be um, if you if t- what sacrifice means to you, you're you're denying or repressing your own potential for happiness, ostensibly for a good cause to, for others. Um, I don't think uh, good will come out of that, because then you keep poisoning yourself, ultimately. You'll be resentful about it, even unconsciously. Uh, More, um, I think, uh, another way to look at that situation is, um, what's the work I need to do that closes my heart in relationship to this person or situation? And when I said a moment ago that whatever those challenges are in a marriage, or in any relationship, uh, especially in a relationship, those aren't occurring by accident. Uh, although that's our cultural you know. That either she's a bitch or he's an asshole or I'm fucking up where she is or whatever. Or blame and judgment and murder just escalates it and, and all. And part of that comes from a, from, a, um, from a misperception of separation to begin with on the deepest level, again quantum physics and the spiritual traditions, on a deeper level than personality and an identity of who we are as separate objects, on the deepest level of our being we're joined, we're connected. So when we're in, we come into a special intimate relationship with someone, a partner, and uh, all of a sudden our hearts are closing and we're, we're hurt or we're angry or we're pissed off or, or resentful or something, that's the, the, the understanding that we come into this life with a uh, particular spiritual uh, curriculum, you might say, and um, and we're going to have tests, you know, along that, with that curriculum, and the tests are going to be the situations that push our buttons and and trigger our reactivity, our hearts closing, our ears like this, or run away, either attack and destroy or shut down and run away. And, or just don't know, you know, which a lot of Americans do with, you know, all kinds of drugs and materialism and, you know, all the distractions that, that, that Wall Street made Street, that uh, the advertisers spend billions of dollars on, it think, is to get us to believe that if we buy this or drink that or wear that, we're, we're so. But in the deeper level, we're not. We're, we are souls, the essence of our being. And so... Um, We're going to get the tests that show us where we're, as one elder would express, we're dreaming too small. We're identifying too small who we are. And uh, the tests of our spiritual curriculum have to do with the particular soul qualities that we have that are either in deficiency or in excess. We all have, we will continue, all the soul qualities. Some of them are in balance, some of them are too little. I too much. So, for instance, when I I come in with a soul quality deficiency around uh, patience. When my mother in her 90s was dying, and I asked her, "What do you remember most of about a kid?" She said, "How impatient you were." And uh, and that's still in me. So I, I periodically find myself regularly in situations which test which trigger my impatience. So uh, in my reactive mind, ordinary consciousness, I'm angry about the person or situation that's causing it. And they're bad and they're wrong, and I want to go on. Uh, On a deeper level, on a spiritual level, with deeper insight and vision, this is precisely the situation I need to be in. How else can I strengthen my patience muscle and bring that quality of my soul up to a higher level for more fulfillment of my life and enjoyment of my life? And fulfillment on the path and the purpose of why I was given this life. So instead of being um, the changing misperception, this is bad, this sucks, I'm angry. People are causing me to suffer here. It's their fault. Ah, this is perfect. Different framework. This is the perfect situation I needed mean, to go inside and to the inner gymnasium and exercise the muscle, the weak muscle of impatience, to strengthen it to patience. And let me thank the people who are here manifesting what they're manifesting for showing up exactly the way they're showing up, to trigger exactly what I need to work on, that I would not work on if they didn't show up the way they are pushing this button. So that changes the whole... Now I'm no longer a uh, victim of the situation, angry and judging. Uh, I'm just feeding more of a story that creates more pain and suffering for who? Myself. And it, now I'm coming from a, from a totally different place my salvation is going to come from reopening my heart to the love that lives inside of my heart through grace. The more I'm open to that, the richer my experience is going to be. The more I'm close to that, because of judgments about people and situations, the more I'm suffering. So, that's a a different way of uh, creating relationship to uh, the challenges of our lives and whatever relationship they are. And when we, just to feed in another aspect of that, the most uh, affected prison, as uh, another whistle number: said, is the one we don't know we're in. And we have no power to change when we don't see it. And so we're locked into this identity of um, Tom Pinkson's body and his ego stories and the traumas he had growing up and, and all of that. Um, and there's a obviously, obviously there's a level of that that has reality that needs to be attended to, and it's not who I am. It's not the true essence of who I am underneath all of Give way.
0: I can okay. get going, so you. can... No, no, before, no. But... I don't. I'm here for like I'm here to learn. I know my stuff, you know. Yeah. I don't know that. Um So when you just mentioned about. The body of Tom, the story, and there's elements that you have to be aware of and take care of. Yeah. I find that's a part of my challenge, is the grounding of Greg Wilker on a physical planet. Yeah. You know, for instance, with the equipment. The equipment was fine, but something inside me got scared. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. Have you found tools to help with the grounding of self? In essence, living head in the clouds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that that interfaces with what I wanted to say, which is the uh, the experience with LSD helped me wake up from a prison I didn't even know I was in. It helped me wake up to see uh, the role that conditioning had played in creating an identity, and how I was I was nothing ex- existed in my consciousness except that identity and its story about reality, about who it was. And, people are what life's about it. so when the blinders are taken off and i could see and experience it's it's uh it's an open the truth is it's an open ball game and with every breath that comes in it comes in totally clean and free and it and it and it asks us a question it says how do you want to use me do you want to use me to create pain and suffering by what you do between your ears your thoughts your identity your beliefs Or, or do you want to use me this breath of life Open your consciousness to the infinite presence of light, and love, of creativity, and joy, of peace. And you, don't to, you don't have to pray for anything; it's always being given to us. But we're not open to it. We are, our receptor cells aren't to it. So um, when we take responsibility for uh, receiving the breath and responding to the question, that. Um, it puts us in a place of uh, uh, responsibility of looking at, well, and what do you want to experience? What's the truth of what you want to experience in this moment? Because it's the only moment you have. You have no guarantee when the next breath leaves that you will have another. So the only time you can ever experience whatever you want is so many A order right now. Only now. So that... <laughs> requires or, or entails uh, an aspect of mindfulness be present like a surfer you know you're sitting out there in the water and you're board and you're watching the horizon and you're watching every wave that comes you're just watching i'm totally there same with the breath so when that breath comes in i to be present to you to uh, make a choice of using it to help me do what i want to experience so the, the importance of intention What's, what is your exploring and getting clear about your intention? What are the qualities of being, of consciousness that you want to experience right now and in your life more? What are those? And when you take the time to get clear about that, then you have clarity of intention. So when challenges come up, you can like take a metaphorical tool out of your tool belt. I was a teenager in the construction work, right? you take a tool out of your tool belt and say, um, so the challenge is in your relationship, by pushing certain buttons inside of you that trigger whatever your particular reactivity is. We all have our version of reactivity. And you're angry, and you're pissed off, or you're depressed, and you're scared, or you're frightened, or all of those things. And, you know, and that's the truth to what you're feeling. You didn't choose to feel it. It got to an instant. It happened without a conscious decision. Now you're experiencing it. So if you acknowledge that, okay, now I'm feeling wrong. You empower yourself, when you have clear intention, you can pull the tool out of your toolbox and say, how can I create a response to change what I'm experiencing that grows me in the direction I want to grow. And if you take any time to know what those directions are, then you're empowered. And it immediately shifts you out of victim state and into, you have the ability to create a response to this situation of what's triggering inside you and know what's happening that has the potential to open a doorway up to grow you. So you use it. You consciously use what's happening in you to help you grow in the directions you want to grow, And that's going to bring about a different energy from you toward the person in the situation. And when we open those kinds of doorways, anything's possible. It's, it's an open volume, Because the truth is, when, when we open to the, the creative wisdom power of the universe, Anything's possible. And it's only limited by what we think between people. Like, oh, that's not possible. That could never happen. And that, there you go, it's your reality. You just created it. But when we open it up and you show up and give it your best shot to, to uh, if you're, like my my, uh, my particular uh, intention statement at this time in my life, because it changes. It changes. It's change. is right so it's a statement. You come, come up with a uh, present, uh, present-oriented, positive statement of, of the qualities you want to experience. So, the present tense: a joyful, kind, patient, fluid, flowing, adaptable, grateful, peaceful man of light, of love, and one with the universe, So, those are all qualities that I want to experience more of. Because when I get triggered, I'm I'm manifesting the other qualities, impatience, rigidity, judgment, fear, you know, it's like a poison stew. And I'm very, um, in a way, very selfish, uh, because I want to experience the best I can in my life. So going back to your question, if I'm sacrificing my happiness for someone else's happiness, it's not going to work for either one of them.
0: It's really interesting too to hear knowing you have decades of practice in your biography. And yet still right now pure joy, peace, love living each moment purely from that state. This though a challenge
1: Every second, every this is the, the, the spiritual traditions also speak about. We, we have um, you might say the positive force in us and the negative force in us. Just like you can't have day all the time; it's going to be night. It's just you know we put value judgments on it, and then Christianity and puts you know the devil on it and projects all kinds of other stuff that indigenous cultures don't do. But the bottom line is, in, in, in the world of manifestation, there's the end and the end. It's, You can't have one without the other. So uh, as long as we're alive, uh, each reference comes in, how do you want to get the part of this as well? You know, manipulate this or drive this person or scam that or steal this or you know, or get what I want by chomping over the other person. I mean that's that's part of being in a human being. And ultimately it's survival-based, it's not even a bad thing. It's just how we need to recognize it. We don't have power to be in good relationship with something we deny. You know, all the things that are in our shadow, to the extent we don't face them, they control us. So the more we can open up to what's in there, instead of judging it and banishing it out there from conscious awareness, and look at that, then it opens up the possibility for me to, well, to develop a positive relationship with my potential for violence, for instance, right? when if I deny that, oh, I could never do that, that's not in me. This is the right situations to trigger my reactivity, well, it's gonna come out. But if I if I let this sitting here now, I bring my potential for violence, for vanity, for selfishness, for meanness, for whatever, and sit here, I sit down up, and let me see you. I wanna to get to know you and see how you work and see how unconsciously I feed you, so I can develop a more skillful relationship with you through consciousness. And that's ongoing. It's not like, well, I've achieved the pinnacle of inner peace and I'm an enlightened being and uh, I don't have to work or pay attention to that anymore. That's a, that's a trap. That's a huge trap. A lot of people come and say, well, I thought I took care of that. And I said, oh, you're asking for trouble. And as soon as you say that, you're as, it's like the coyote, the trickster, will come and bust you immediately. So never go there unless you want your ass kicked that way. So there's, there's like a humility in the face of the truth, the truth that, that that force that uh, wants to take me down a dark road, let's say, lives inside of me. It's not who I am, but it's there. That's part of the humanness that I have to deal with and come to, to learn how to come to scale the And that's an ongoing process. And the more I can be present in the moment, the more I can direct, make a conscious choice about who's, who I'm going to give that power to. I'm not going to let the unconscious reactive stuff that's triggering the moment run the show or am I going to say no I'm not going to give you the juice I'm going to pull the plug on you I'm going to give it to the part of me that wants to open my heart to kindness to to love to peace to joy to enjoying this moment and doing the best I can to to meet whatever it is in a way that works for me and the other
0: and the two spiritual stories that I'm most familiar with, Buddhism and Christianity, Judeo-Christianity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> duality is surpassed when the two individuals, the Buddha and Christ, face the devils. In Buddhism it's the devils, and Christianity it's the devil. And du- du- duali- dualism disappears. They are now at one end. Does that, is, is there a story, is that concept real in shamanism, particularly the one you've been practicing and stuff? Uh,
1: it's real in the, in the sense of the
0: understanding
1: that we're all connected. That the perceptions of separation are 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 the true reality. Uh, it's it's true in the in indigenous uh, understanding that everything's connected, everything's alive, everything has consciousness, and we're in relationship with everything. I can quote a Sioux prayer: "Omatokwiyasin" means we're all related. On the relations. It's a reminder about how we're all related. The perceptions of separation are an illusion. And, and when you're living in those separations of, 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 of illusion, then it's okay for me to treat you in a bad way. It's okay for me to take the toxic, toxic waste and dump it in the ocean far away or in the poor black neighborhoods because it's got nothing to do with me. It. It's separate. It's okay to bomb Hiroshima. Those people are different and far away. Or well, whatever. And uh, an and indigenous uh, understanding about right relationship with, with creation and manifestation, in recognizing that it's all alive, it's all sacred, it's all conscious, and that we're all in a relationship, that um, we have debts as human beings as two things. We have um, uh, the reciprocity is sacred, that we, in order for us to live, we we take life. Whether we're a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever, we, we take life. Just walking, we take life. So it's unavoidable. The question is, or the issue
0: is, Do we give something back
1: for the life we take?
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. When you see that the life you're taking, even just walking, is a gift given to you. How are you going to receive that gift and what are you going to do? And
1: the ceremony, and a lot of the ceremonies and rituals in indigenous culture are to basically say, thank you. Thank you for the son, Thank you for shining today, bringing the life force to my life. Thank you, grandmother growth, the flowers in the blossom. Thank you for the, for the wind, that's the great spirits of breath. Thank you. And to the extent we don't do that, we just take, 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 which our culture teaches us to do. And if you won't give it to us, well, I'll use I'll whatever power I have to get it. And worst comes to worst, we'll send in the Marines and we'll just give the shit out of you and take your oil or your diamonds or whatever you want. Because so we have bigger guns. And we don't give a shit about it, we just care about them. So we create more pain and suffering. We fuel those fear-based thoughts and perceptions and separation. So we need an bigger military to protect our stuff. Versus, we are all related, what we give to another, what we give to the earth, what we give to the area and the planet, we, we, we give to our, our grandchildren. I don't know, we give it to ourselves, we give it seven generations down the line. So let's 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 recognize that Like what they say is, in the beginning of creation there was the earth and let's say the rocks and the minerals, and then there was the uh, plants, and then there was the evolution, and then there was the the animals. And then, the last kids on the block were us. The minerals don't need us, the plants don't need us, the animals don't need us, but we need them all. Mm -hmm. So as human beings, our primary responsibility is gratitude, to express gratitude, to live in harmony and balance with those powers of creation that give us life. And if we don't do that, we create imbalance. And we're out of balance, or it's dis ease. And to keep it going and create disease of the heart, of the soul, of the body, and our relationships. And that's what we are. We sitting in our own nest. we fallen asleep to the truth
0: of who we are and the connectedness, the oneness creation. That's
1: the two things that.
0: Out of mind. One is when you're talking about the connectedness. Just very recently, maybe out of the current challenge. Again, I'm breathing with the knowledge that the psychotic is alive in me. If I'm aware of the psychotic, then that is alive in me.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, like you say, so it's, I find my responsibility is to breathe with that energy, recognize to be alive and heal it.
1: Yeah, yeah. See what it's ultimately, in its fear, what does it need for healing? So it doesn't have to act out.
0: And the other thing that came to mind, there's a book I read, Ishmael. Oh you? yeah, it's a great book. Great book. Oh, it's wonderful, yeah. And I love the concept where he said, you know, evolution's still going. Yeah. Yet you people think right. you are <laughs> And this whole thing we have right now with stories of the aliens coming and taking over. And I see that story growing out of the fear of, we do know that evolution is continuing. And we've mistreated that which came before us so much. So, of course, we're afraid if an evolved being comes beyond our evolution, they're going to do the same to us. Yeah.
1: That's correct. And in the evolution, excuse me, in the alienation, the, the, the... we're so alienated that the essence of our being is not alien to us. That's why I made that bracelet up on a sacred, worthy, luminous being. I'm love and my love is forgiving. When I do groups and stuff, I ask people to say that out loud and see what it brings up for you. And most people, majority of people, cannot say that without some thought coming out. Well, I'm not really sacred because of this. Or I'm not really worthy because of this. Or I'm not really luminous because of this. And I'm not really love. I'm, I'm just the opposite so it's ironic that i think the biggest alienation we have is from the essence of who and what we really are
0: i'm going to take a moment to check time yeah yeah all right we got 20 minutes great is there anything you have that you'd like to share
1: Well, actually, yeah. I'll go get my guitar and sing the song. Alright. Ah. In indigenous cultures around the world, and even in the Western tradition, if like you pick up a tarot deck, the first card is the Fool. So indigenous cultures uh, portray that art type of figure as um, like the coyote or the raven or the rabbit, different cultures fool. So in a coyote way, the, the, I wasn't gifted, as people listening to this will find out in a moment, with a great voice. I wasn't gifted as a great musician. And so uh, at a certain point in my growth process, because I love to sing but I don't have a good ear, so I'm out of tune all the time. My guitar's out of tune. I don't even know it, but I'm having a good time. But uh, early in my life, school, you know, I was shamed about how bad my voice was. humiliated really my teacher. And so I shut down for a long period of time. And indigenous experiences I had in indigenous ceremonies helped me um, wake up to the, the fact that um, the wound of that joy and and to re-own the power I lost and start singing again. And the singing and the guitar playing, it's not about entertainment. So what I'm about to do is not like, hey, I want you, I'm doing this so you'll appreciate the beauty and artistry of my voice and my guitar playing, oh my God. It's it's just the opposite, instead of entertainment, it's for for attainment, so the the song is a message. And at a certain point, the spirit said to me, pushing me out of my comfort zone, and said, well, I want you to start singing out loud with people. And I said, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Said, no, no. But it said, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> so this, here's a this song. Amen. So it tells me something first about me. I am a sacred worthy human <laughs> being. I am a sacred, worthy, luminous being. I am a sacred, worthy, luminous being. And I am love and my love is forgiven. Sacred words so it's true about me. It's also true about you. You are a sacred bird,
0: To sit. That's awesome. Right. What's super awesome about that is watching myself. Really easy to be with you when you're talking of yourself. Really difficult to sit with it when you
1: yeah. give it to me. Yeah. So, so that that's beautiful that, that you see that you're present. You see that. So all that goes on in your mind that that makes it difficult for you to sit with that with you recognizing that's a part of you, therein is the stuff that you need to work on. That's the basur, the garbage. Thought forms that are not based in truth, and we, hey! <laughs> and when we put put our energy into thought forms that, not, that are not true, we constrict, we shut down, our juices less, our is hampered, our, our pipes are clogged up, we get constipated. And we put our energy, our thought forms, our thought energies into uh, beliefs, that are true we get juicier
0: yeah i have a fear that the ego will take over from the power of that juicy yeah it's important it's important to be the visually
1: so when when we recognize uh what uh, my ego can cook up incredible stuff and i don't think i'm alone i mean i so I developed a relationship. I love that bumper sticker. that says, "Don't believe everything you think." Yes. it's a great bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. So the ego cooks up all kinds of crap. I mean, I, 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 I just have to laugh at it. I just, I can't believe the shit you cook up,
0: man. It's like unbelievable this bullshit you cook up. What blows me away is how real it is. May I tell you a quick yes. story? Um, I, I live with my family of five. My immediate family of five. My father-in-law and my sister-in-law. One of my sister-in-laws. And I was feeling for a few days a lot of anger, angst, whatever, towards my sister-in-law. And one of my pet peeves is hair in the shower. And I saw this hair in the shower in the screen. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I got furious. And and then all of a sudden I noticed I was like, what is that? She hasn't done anything. What is is wrong with you? I look back in the shower. There is no hair there. Coyote. Oh my gosh! There's an element to that, like me sitting here telling you that story. A lot of fear because I think there's people who will hear that story and go, "You're crazy! You're crazy!" Man. Yeah. That's that doesn't happen on this. Planet.
1: Well, the uh, the fact that you, you might be able to take solace in this for the people who say things like that. So you think you know what's going on, right? you think you, you know what's happening. The scientists tell us that 96% of what's going on in this universe we have no clue about. Everything we know about the cosmos, from the macro to the micro, compromises 4% of what's happening. The rest is what we call dark energy, we don't know what that is, the rest is dark energy and dark matter. We don't know what any of that is. 96% of what's going on here, we don't have a clue about it. So you're going to tell me about what's possible? Based on that 4% of what we know? Who's crazy? If
0: I can say that with a laugh, I'll be okay. If I get real righteous about it, i Yeah.
1: Ah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so that, that's, a, that's, a, that's another good one. How the potential of our ego, my ego certainly, to, be, to get into self-righteousness. And I know best and I'm going to whatever. Uh, so the more we, we bring all those different aspects, like I was saying earlier with our shadow, those aspects of our ego to the table, and we get, I can see and befriend um, my reptilian brain reactivity, how to be in a skillful relationship with it, the potential of my ego for its narcissism it's self-importance, it's uh, inflation, uh, as well as all the opposites of it. The more I can bring all of those aspects around myself and and see them, and see what triggers them, and, and, and also while I'm looking at them and getting to know them, to know, well, that's not me. It's a part of my particular personality and psyche and this incarnation that I have to be responsible for learning how to be skillful relationship, but it's not me. So when I notice it happening, um, I don't have to beat myself up, oh, I'm a terrible person because I just had that selfish thought or that mean thought or that uh, narcissistic thought or something, whatever. Yeah, there, there it is. But I don't have to give my power to it. So no, that's not, that's not who I am. The truth of who I am is I love and my love is forgiven. And that's not through my doing, that's through grace. I didn't create that. That's a gift of grace. I'm given free choice whether I want to uh, connect with that, nourish that grow it, or shut it down, or shit on it, or whatever, Rejoice. choice but I'll be, I will be—I will experience the consequence of that choice, it, I will experience the consequence of it, that therein makes up the experience of my life,
0: the consequences of my choices. Uh, I don't
1: have anything else, yes. do you, is there anything else you like that? Let's see, well, gratitude for you. And your um, your sensitivity, and your, your, your caring, and you're following your dream. appreciate that, respect that, and support you in that. I think to keep going for it, because there's your life, there's an aspect of your life. And, and uh, support also for, for your potential to uh, uh, perceive the challenges of your life in a different way that uh, have the potential open up the doorway to bring greatest good truth, greatest blossoming, greatest good truth uh, into for you and the people you love and care about, and you're working with. And That's what we're here for, to wake up and remember the truth of who we are and then in our humanness do the best we can to live from that place and know we're gonna drop the ball, you know, every day, you know, a hundred times or whatever and with compassion and gentleness and we'll, you know, not judge ourselves about that, just go, to, go pick it up again. If you stepped on somebody's toes while you were doing it, you know, get straight up, you know, apologize, own it. Or, or if there's something you need to share with somebody or that, that's not working, um, you know, speak to that with, with you know, the eye message, not that you this, you that, you that, but hey, yeah, it doesn't work for me right now, right? And I feel hurt, right? You know, whatever it is, you know, clean, the, the, the challenges are part of our spiritual curriculum. It's not happening by accident. Change that perception from victim to well, oh, this is precisely the opportunity to do the work to grow those qualities of consciousness. How can I? I, I can't grow my patience except in the time when I'm impatient. It's just abstract. It's not real. I can't. I can't grow my connection with my center of inner peace. Um, I can strengthen it most most effectively when my anger buttons are pushed. And the reptilian brain wants to come out and whoa slow down, slow down here. Yeah, now let's let's drop in here and listen to what am I fearful of? What am I what, what and under, underneath the anger is what what's my hurt? What am I, what do I, I and mean, what do I need here? And none of that gets addressed when I do it just makes it worse. So underneath any anger, underneath any pain. Is, is hurt and the wisdom of the system is using these symptoms of feelings because we don't choose those feelings that happen the, and on, and on the autonomic nervous system it's, it's the, the, the wisdom system trying to get our attention about hey something's going on here
0: that's important pay attention come in here and listen check time we're good okay um so with what you just said we don't choose these feelings yeah,
1: you don't choose to be angry or jealous or you know it just happens. It's something that triggers it.
0: The logic in me says that I am a victim of my emotions because I can't master them, I can't control them. You you uh, a couple of things. One, you, you,
1: you can cultivate the, the states of mind that you want to experience through meditation and mindfulness. And the more we cultivate that, and we know what's neuroplasticity in the brain, literally the brain, there's a saying that um, know, how does it go? The, the neurons that fire together uh, line up together, something like that, grow together. And literally in the brain, we can strengthen connections between the, the, the prefrontal cortex and the, the portions of the brain that are under the level of ordinary awareness through mindfulness practices. So that helps in a preventative way because we're cultivating peace. Up in the morning in 10 minutes or whatever, you know, I choose to experience inner peace. The I breathe out, I release tension, I breathe like in, in the mind, I breathe in the movement, I breathe in peace, I breathe out, whatever it is. So, on one hand, we can cultivate those states everyone experience more and uh, that helps in a preventative way um, but nevertheless situations that happen in life where the uh, reactive brain is triggered into its, its thing and all of a sudden you're angry the guy cuts you off and you're ready to kill him, you know, or blow their head off or something like that, he didn't choose that it just right? so what you um, so you have a, a, again, how can I create a response to the fact that I'm Triggered to violence toward this person, I you don't even know. Uh, that's what that's what's happening for me. How can I create a response to that that grows me in the directions I want? If I don't ask that question, I'm, I'm caught up in it, and, and it's just getting and, and more and more story. What a self-nashual, and and that's just the way people are. and That's just the way life is. You're just, it's just more oil on a fire, and I'm having a nervous breakdown here, you know, creating, stressing myself out, and I'm miserable. And, and versus. Um, Oh, uh, Well, I just remember that you know when my second child was born, it was at two o'clock in the morning we had to rush to the hospital and it was speedy and who knows what's going on with this person and what they did. So let me I'll just let go of that judgment and also recognize that, oh yeah, this morning I did my joyful, kind patient but right now you're not so you know so look at what triggered you, your reactivity, your judgment your, so noticing that, if you're being honest with yourself and you want to experience inner peace, mm-hmm. the only time you can do it is now. So that means you got to let go of that whole story and everything that was triggered in you, and the adrenaline shooting through you, and the cortisol, the earth. And, and breathe in some relaxation, send it to those places, and breathe out and release it. And send some love. Uh, if you really want to feel better in this moment, open your heart and send some love to that person. Your heart. Send some light into that person who knows what they're dealing with you know, maybe they just had a fight with their wife and they're depressed and they're going to go Golden the Bridge to kill themselves or something and maybe you send them some maybe that might change the outcome who knows but even thinking like that it changes your experience and it's all like I said going back to the selfish healthy selfishness I want to working with death so much in my life uh, I know that it can come at any moment. So sitting here with you right now, I don't know that you know five minutes from now I'll still be alive. I don't know. So this is my, this could be my, uh, and always my my last dance. So I want to be here. If I'm choosing to be here with you, I want to be here in the best way I can, not for you, but for me. All right. Whatever you get out of it, that's what you get out of it. I want to be here for the best way I can for me. So what does that mean? Open. Uh, See who this person is, enjoy them, get to know them, and see what's what's true coming up between us, and let it roll. Let's have a good time.
0: Let's let's go for the best we can do. That just brought up to me that symbol of the snake swallowing its tail. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm selfish. I want the best, Well the best is what blesses everyone. Yeah. Oh, okay, but but I want yeah. you know, so this this
1: constant. Yeah. Yeah, which is, a, which is a symbol of the connectedness, that we're all connected. When I judge in you or someone else, I'm judging in myself. I, I love the saying, I saw it as a friend's house once, and it uses the phrase, "game of life, so I'm not saying life's a game of knowledge in terms of expression. In a game of life, the one who loves the most wins. So the more opportunity that I can create to open my heart to the love that's in it from spirit, and, and send it out, either to me or to someone else, the richer my life is in the experience, in the moment. And whatever gets in the way of that, whatever shuts me down to doing it, in the situations that trigger me, the challenges, then there's my work. These are the places that I'm identified with and tied into it, that limit my life. And if I wanna uh, free myself from those limitations, then there's work I need to do. And this person, this situation has given me opportunity deal with the reactivity, deconstruct the story, create a new story, and open the doorway right to, to bring through the fullest blossom and the greatest good of why we're in this situation. Food for thought. For you,
0: it's a beautiful Not me. It's a beautiful It's a beautiful Oh, yeah.